Greetings, my podcast listening friends. My sincerest apologies for the late release of this episode of Thomas Tales on the Tall Guy with the Short Stories podcast. It has been a very busy week. A very busy pair of weeks, actually. But fret not, here you are, your weekly serving of Thomas and Friends. Episode 11 is kind of a continuation of episode 10, so if you haven't listened to episode 10, I highly suggest you do so. As a matter of fact, all of the episodes go right along with each other, so if you're new to the Tall Guy with the Short Stories podcast, first and foremost, we'd like to welcome you. We appreciate you stopping in to spend a little time with us and listen to our story. Secondly, I suggest you go to the very first episode entitled A Spoiled Treat and listen all the way through. Alright, announcements. Numero uno! We have reached over 500 plays of Thomas Tales, and I couldn't have done any of it without you folks. Thank you so much for your likes, for your shares, for your ratings, for your interaction with the show. You are truly appreciated, and I am very grateful that you were here. Numero dos. If you haven't hit that follow button yet, head on over and click it. You'll get notifications that there's a new episode every time I post one. Und numero tres. As I'm sure you figured out by now, I love disc golf. I love it, and I play it. This past weekend, I took third place in the Vehicle City Open at Mott Park in Flint, Michigan, hosted by the ever-amazing Paul Grasso, along with the Flint Town Flyers Disc Golf Club. Now, a podium finish is nothing to sneeze at in and of itself, but I was also prized with a berth to the Michigan State Amateur Championships. It's kind of a big deal. For more information on my disc golf goings-on, you can check out Critter Golf, C-H-R-I-T-T-E-R-G-O-L-F, all one word, on Instagram. There we are, my friends, your three announcements for the week, and thank you for your congratulations. Now that we have that out of the way, shall we, perhaps, get into the story? When last we left the pack of young folks, they had all just shared dinner in the bakery. And as they sat, fat and happy, Brand and Thomas began to wonder how to speak to Will about his recently suffering attitude and mood. After dinner, the four friends sat happily and sleepily by the fire. Their eyes were all beginning to feel a bit heavy-lidded, and their stomachs were contentedly filled with good, homemade, and freshly prepared food. They chatted idly about how the various dishes were prepared, and how delicious they all were until they had begun to stop thinking of nice things to say about the food, and silence reigned. Brand looked at Thomas and nodded. His face was awash with several emotions. There was content at the feeling of good friends with good food. There was also an anxiety there. Brand, who had stood up to Greg, his big abusive father, was very nervous about talking with Will. But aside from the food content, and the anxiety, there was a resolution. He knew the talk had to be had. He wouldn't allow his brother to drift from his side. After all, they were the only family they had now, and Brand would be dead gummed if he lost his brother. Thomas looked back to Brand, and also nodded. His feelings were centered about his Magus friend, and with what the magic was doing to him. The way Will had been acting while upsetting and difficult to deal with, had put a strain on a friendship Tom valued deeply. Having no family of his own, these two were the closest he had to brothers. He loved them, 
and wanted the best for them, but he wasn't even sure how to communicate that. His freshly fed guts bubbled a bit with anticipation for this conversation to be over. Brand and Thomas agonized over how to begin this task, thinking of every possible way they could start, but they were spared when Will spoke into the silence. Something's wrong, isn't it? And to everybody's chagrin, Z answered him. Yes, Will. You haven't been acting like yourself lately, and we all care about you. How can we help? said the young woman. Both Thomas and Brand heaved sighs of relief. Thomas looked over at Z to find her watching him. He smiled broadly and nodded to her, a silent thanks for breaking the ice. She smiled sweetly back at him and inclined her own head in his direction. Everybody was silent for a few moments, breathing steadily, and waited to see what Will would say. I know, he began, and then faltered. The young mage looked at the fire, then at the ground. He took in a deep breath and began again. I've noticed how you've all been looking at me recently, and I've wondered if you lot are losing your grip. But at one point I looked into the mirror, and to be honest, I'm terrified of what I saw there. I know I've acted like a donkey's hind end, and you should also know that when I act that way, I feel like I have very little control. At this, his breath caught in his throat. He took a shaking breath in and continued with more than a little emotion in his voice. I'm so scared. What is happening to me? And then he broke and began to cry. Brandon immediately went to his brother and put his burly arms around him. Don't cry, Will, he began. But after that, he had no idea how to comfort his brother. And this particular agony wasn't one Brand was suited to remedy. So he held his brother, silently, as the sobs wrecked the younger boy. Z looked at the brothers, then at Thomas, who was wondering if there was anything at all he could do to help. She then stood up silently and strode to the brothers. She laid a hand on Brandon's arm, and as he looked at her, she began to pull him away from Will gently. At first, he stayed still, wondering what she was playing at, but then he looked into her eyes and realized she wanted nothing more than to help. And slowly, he let go of Will and began to move away a bit. Z touched Will's shoulder, and he looked into her eyes, his own eyes blotchy and red from crying and lack of sleep. She took his face into her hands and looked into his reddened eyes. It seemed for a few long moments she was searching for something, and then, at long last, she asked him a question. When do these feelings hit you hardest? After asking the question, she did not look away, and to Will, her gaze became more intense. Brandon and Thomas saw the younger Will's body begin to tighten, as though he was preparing to either run or push Z away, or any number of things. It seemed to them that he was warring with himself. Z did not relent. It's all right, Will. We are here because we care about you. You can tell us. Will began to relax slightly and then began sobbing again. He looked away from her piercing gaze 
and fixed his eyes on the floor beneath them. Is it the magic will? She asked gently. Will shook with sobs, but after a time, he nodded, barely perceptibly. Z reached out and took his chin gently into one of her capable hands. She lifted till his eyes were level with hers. We shall walk with you through this. Brandon and Thomas nearly simultaneously agreed, and Will sobbed all the harder. Overcome with the support of his pack, even after he had treated them so harshly, Thomas and Brandon moved closer and touched Will on his shoulders as Z stayed close, touching Will's bowed head. Meech's Minis is where you will find some fantastic artwork done by an absolute genius. Not only can the man paint minis, he can also modify them for you. I mean, depending on what you want done. But don't take my word for it. Go on over to Etsy.com and type in that little search bar, Meech's Minis, M-E-A-C-H-S-M-I-N-I-S. You will not be sorry. The Tall Guy with the Short Stories is also the tall guy who loves disc golf. If you're looking for disc golf stuff, maybe discs, or bags, or rangefinders, or maybe even apparel, you should go on over to evolutiondiscs.com. If you use the code CDS on your checkout, you'll get 10% off, and you'll be helping out the local tall guy. You know, the one with the short stories. One of today's sponsors is J. Randall Art. That's two L's in Randall, by the way. If you go to J. Randall Art on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I would really appreciate it if you gave him all the likes you can muster. He's a pretty great guy and a fantastic artist. Make sure to tell him the tall guy sent you. Four of them stayed that way for a time, until Will began to gain control of himself, and he looked around to his pack. He made eye contact with all of them, and thanked them for being there, for assuring him that he was not alone. Will, said Thomas, thinking of the smith's offer, there may be a solution to all of this, as you told the smith about your magic. Thomas paused to choose his next words carefully. I asked him what he thought about this situation, purely because I mean to help you by whatever means are available to me. And, well, he reckons he's known a few people with magic. He thought maybe he could write them a letter, asking for advice. But, as he promised you that he'd keep your secret, he told me he'd have to hear it from you. Will sat, staring at Thomas. The boy's eyes locked on the young smith. His gaze was intense, and Thomas was unsure if he was angry or surprised. He is wise, and a good man, Z added in a very calm voice. Smith has given you three silver when he didn't need to. He's been a customer at your bakery, and he's kept his word and remained silent about your gift, Will. You would do well to follow his advice. 
Will then took a moment to stare blankly at Z. Again, his face gave no sign as to his mood. Neither Z, nor Thomas, nor even Brandon had the slightest hint at what Will was feeling. After a full minute of utter silence, Brand spoke up. His voice now loud in the silence, though not nearly as loud as when he normally spoke. Thomas noticed that Brand was intentionally trying to keep his voice as calm as he could, but emotion flowed from the large young man freely as he looked upon his younger brother. Will, I'm not sure how you're feeling right now, but I can tell you that our friends are correct in everything they've said. He then fell silent for a moment. Will, I've already lost a father. Long before he left. Please, please don't let me lose my brother as well. Will looked at his brother, and for the first time since he had fallen silent, Brand saw a flash of emotion cross his face. Anger was there, in evidence with the closed and tensing jaw, but also resolution. Will knew that he was being told good, right advice from those who cared about him, but it seemed as though he could not express either emotion with words. Tears again welled in his eyes and dripped irregularly down his cheeks. In these moments of uncertainty and apprehension, Thomas struck upon a thought, and before he knew what he was doing, the words fell out of his mouth. You're fighting it right now, aren't you, Will? As the words left his lips, Thomas was absolutely certain they were correct. Whatever affliction tormented Will was at this moment attempting to grab hold of the young mage to keep him from giving into the advice he was being given, the decision to accept the advice of his friends. Will's head snapped over to stare at Thomas, the rage still bubbling under the surface. Will nodded once, almost imperceptibly. Thomas then tightened his grip upon Will's shoulder and spoke clearly and calmly. Will, you can do this. I believe in you. Z had picked up on what Thomas had seen and also spoke to Will. You are strong, Will. You have fought bravely against something we cannot understand. I believe you will claim victory in this fight. Brandon knelt in front of his brother and looked into his streaming eyes. William, I know what you are. You are a good baker, a brave young man, a fighter. Brand took a moment to give his words extra weight. And you are my brother. I believe you will make the right choice, and you will win out against whatever struggle you are enduring. Will took in a deep breath, his head bowed, sweat was beating on his face, and began to soak his shirt round the neck and armpits, though it wasn't particularly warm. He took in several long breaths, attempting to control himself, and finally, when the three others had begun to think he may remain silent, Will spoke. Please, ask Smith to come speak with me, he said in a pained voice. But I... I need you three here. I don't think I can tell him alone. Z, Thomas, and Brandon all assured Will that they would stand by his side as long as he needed them to. 
and only after they had promised did Will relent. Please, Thomas, go get him now. I, uh, I will accept his help and counsel. Will seemed to be drained by the effort of speaking these words, and he slumped a bit in his seat. Brandon stayed very close to him, speaking encouragingly. Z went to the well and drew a tankard of water for the young man, who drank it down thirstily. Thomas fairly flew down the alleys and streets. Having grown up in this city, he knew it better than the back of his hand, and made use of his knowledge to cut the straightest line he could imagine. When he arrived at the smithy and Smith's abode, he waffled a bit, noticing that the lights were all out, and the dwelling was silent as a grave. He felt a flutter of panic in his belly. Was it really necessary to wake the smith? Would Smith be upset at having been woken? The young blacksmith clenched his fists as he fought himself to come to the right answer. Oh, hang it all, Thomas muttered. He then strode boldly toward the doorway. He lifted his hand and gave three gentle knocks on the door to Smith's home and waited. After a few moments, he raised his hand again and knocked three more times this time louder than the last. Nothing. The blacksmith's apprentice now raised his fist and beat on the door three times. When nothing happened, he began to speak to the door. Smith, it's Thomas. We need your help. Please, please wake up. He then hammered again on the door, with more strength making the resounding boom, boom, boom on the simple wooden structure. As Thomas readied himself to shout this time, louder than the last time, there was the sound of a bolt being drawn from the inside, and the door began to swing open to reveal the smith. The big man had obviously been abed when Thomas knocked, as evidenced by his complete lack of proper clothing. Smith had hastily wrapped a towel around his waist and held himself at an angle to the door, his left side being closest to the door. It was just as obvious he was ready for trouble with a fine short sword drawn, held in his right hand, partially hidden from view. His eyes were alert and squinted a bit, till he recognized Thomas. At that recognition, his stance relaxed visibly, and as he gazed into his apprentice's eyes, he saw the resolution in the young'un's face. Right then, dumb. What's wrong? Has anyone hurt? Thomas shook his head and said, No, Smith, it's Will. He'd like to speak to you. But something funny is going on. Come quick and I'll explain. The big crafter nodded and began to stride outside. As he reached the threshold in his door, he seemed to notice he was wearing only a towel. And now the anxiety of waking the man had passed, Thomas noted the thick muscles that covered the smith's body. Scars crisscrossed haphazardly in several places, and Tom could see the man had seen his share of violence. As Smith realized he was clad less than desirably to walk across town, he backed into his home and told Thomas, Uh, perhaps some pants first, eh? That's the end of episode 11. Be sure to stop in next week for episode 12. Might have a couple of guests in this episode. Thanks for stopping and clicking that follow button. Thanks for following. Thanks for listening. You folks are absolutely the greatest. Have a great week from Thomas Tales on the Tall Guy with the Short Stories Podcast.